Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Nick, I know you've heard of the Watch My Numbers app. It is brand new and it is going to dominate the golf app scene for a long, long time. If you want to improve your game, you need to know the areas you're doing well in and where you need to improve. And this app will tell you exactly that, Nick. Yeah, you're spot on, Mark. It's the most powerful database golf app in the world and it helps analyze and improve your game like never before because it uses real-time data from your rounds and highlights the areas of your game that you want to look at. You get actionable and usable info in minutes, not hours. That's really important. It's easy to use. You can set up your profile very quickly. I've done mine. And start accessing data and subscriber-only content straight away. Hmm. Who's it aimed at? Well, it's aimed at people who want to improve their game. It's for all levels of every golfer out there, particularly powerful if you're a mid to low handicapper. But it's great for the elite level and pros as well. So elite and pros as well. I like that. Watch my numbers. Download it from the App Store and turn your bogeys in the birdies. It's February and it's week seven of the golfing calendar. Now... Two men who know more about golf than I've had hot dinners. And oh boy, I can tell you, I've had a lot of hot dinners. This is Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. Radio boys, time to take it away and show us what you got. This is Talk Birdie to Me. Well, hello and welcome to episode one of Talk Birdie to Me. I'm Mark Allen. Nick O'Hearn will join me very, very soon. And I can tell you this about the program. We're going to talk about the most important things in golf. If you love golf, you're not going to want to miss the opening of our programs. Plus, we're going to touch on everything that involves Australian golf, things that are interesting. Uh, And by the way, uh, you know, I'm probably going to tell you about my golf. And Nick's going to tell you about his golf. And we're all going to try and play golf a little bit better together. And here he is, a bloke who got to number 16 in the whole world. And didn't beat Tiger once, he beat him twice just for good measure. <laughs> Nico well, Hearn, nice to see you. Ah, great to be with you, Mark. And uh, the thing was I found his weakness, you see. He doesn't like short-hitting left-handed Australians. Yeah, of course. Of course that would be <laughs> his weakness. When you saw him after it all, and yeah. so I'm glad I've never really had this conversation with you uh, on air. No, anyway. far away. So when he used to see you afterwards, so you've beaten him twice. You're mm. the only bloke in the whole world who's beaten him twice. Did he try to avoid you? Really? Did he avoid <laughs> eye contact? It was weird. The second time I beat him was in 2007 at the World Match Play and my family and I were moving to Florida at that time. We yeah. hadn't actually got there yet. We were yeah. going to go over to rent Craig Parry's house at this golfing estate called Isleworth. That's where he lived. That's where he lived, <laughs> right? So anyway, we, we land there after the match play, the yeah. week after, and I'm thinking, okay, we're just settling into the house and yeah. all this. Yeah. I thought, I'll go and hit some balls. Go down to the range. Guess who's on the range? <laughs> yeah, of course he is. It's Tiger <laughs> hitting balls. I drive the golf cart up behind him. He doesn't see me yeah. and just plonk the cart there, start hitting balls. He turns around and looks at me and goes, 
Well, I won't tell you what exactly he oh, said. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> he said, what the f*** are you doing here? <laughs> uh, that's, that's what I expect, too. All right. That's what I expect. <laughs> oh, that is that is magnificent. Yeah, it was, uh, no, it was a lot of fun being there at Isleworth. I mean, I used to see him grinding, you know, day mm. after day after day, and there's a reason he was the best in the world. He was, all, you know, physically incredible, mentally incredible, but... He worked harder than everyone else. Mate, I'm incredibly excited about doing this podcast with you. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. But let's get to the biggest two stories in golf this week. One of them is Tiger Woods playing this week mm. um, at the – well, I always forget the name of the Riviera. course. Riviera. Beautiful hole. Oh, what's what's yeah. that hole like with the uh, the par three with the, gr- the bunker in the middle? Yeah, of the it's green. got it's the bunker in the middle. Sixth hole, but yep. it's got the best short – well, one of the best short par fours in the world. The, the tenth. tenth. Mm. It's a cracker. It's brilliant. I want to talk about Tiger and what that means to the world of golf in a second, but the big story as far as I'm concerned, and this involves live golf, it is Dustin Johnson, who is a superstar of the game and hands down a top three player in the world no matter what, mm. has just dropped out of the top 50 in the world, and Bryson DeChambeau, who just, you know, when he was playing on the PGA Tour, was winning majors, always seemed to be in the top five or top ten, he has just dropped out of the top 100 in the world, and I just can't fathom what, what is going on to our game. Well, what would you expect? I mean, they went to live, yep. right, fully expecting yep. that they're not going to get into tournaments that have world ranking points. Yep. They're playing their own schedule. It's no surprise, and when you look at it, when Tiger, for instance, had all that time off, you know, through injury, or Phil had time off when he took six months away from the game, <laughs> yeah. uh, they dr- their, their world rankings dr- plummeted. That's I right. I mean, plummeted from like 30 to 60 or 70 or whatever it is within six months. So now they've been in live how long now, you reckon? It's been... So it's a year. Let's say it's a year. year. Let's say it's a year. Yeah. Yeah, see, one season. It's been a season. Okay, it's been a season. So it's no surprise. And, you know, they kind of, if they're complaining about it, which I know they are, they're saying, yeah. you know, the, the world rankings shouldn't be legit and all yeah. that, but... Don't worry, they've been well compensated for it. Yeah. Now I want to ask you this because a lot of people talk about they should get world ranking points. You and I have just done a series of tournaments and it is very, very clear, it is extremely clear that the test of professional golf is best over four rounds. How many times have we, even at the level they're, they're playing, how many times have we seen leaders after three rounds crumble away <laughs> When there's one more. And and that is the test. That's why it's so important when you're a junior golfer not to play in these 72 hole events that are 36, you know, 36 and 36. The, the art and the skill of learning to play four tournament days in a row is very different to playing three tournament days in a row. Oh, it certainly is. And, and, and the thing is, you know... 54 whole events, uh, it just doesn't excite me no, very much. Right. I, I'm a traditionalist and obviously you yep. are as well. The 36 holes, they have a cut. Yep. One of the great things I love about the game is how cutthroat it is. Yeah. If you don't play well enough for two days, you're packing your bags, you made no money, you've got a yep. few expenses just added up yeah. and uh, and the game gets hard. You miss six cuts in a row and you're maybe starting to look for another job. So the way they've structured it, you know, the team aspect, I don't mind it. I think there's some merit to that. But the shotgun starts, the 54 holes, the no cut, I'm not a fan over the season. Okay, so we're not fans, but we want to see the best golfers playing Mm, together every week. I can't see it happening. And the reason I can't see it happening is because the money that was offered to DJ and Bryson and and everybody else, Polter, the whole lot, it was also offered to Spieth. 
It was offered to <laughs> Ram. It was offered to the big boys who didn't go. So can you imagine? I mean, if if you and I were offered that money, let's mm. just go to a okay. different transient world where Dream, you and I Dreamland. are the best players in the whole world, <laughs> right? And we were offered hundreds of millions of dollars to go to this league, but we thought we could still win majors and we didn't take the money. Mm. And they went and then they started slagging the PGA Tour off, which some of them did. Not all of them, some of them. And then they want to come back and mm. they want to eat that cake and then come back. Yep. I'm, I'm not if, – if I'm voting, there is no way in the world I'm letting them come back. I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, look, if they've passed champions for the majors and all that, totally yep. agree. Yep, you can come back and play those. But if you go, you go. And I have no issue with them going. I'm I mean, with you. If I was at a certain stage in my career, I'd go, sure. I mean, I, Mark Leishman, completely understand. The Perfect. one that really surprised me was Cam Smith. Oh. After he won the Open, I thought, this guy has a chance to become the greatest Australian golfer ever. ever. I mean, and, and that's going to be up for debate no yeah. matter who you talk to, whether it's Peter Thompson or yeah. Kari Webb. Some people say Greg Norman, but yeah. uh, I don't think he's probably in that echelon of those two. Um, but Cam, you know, after that I thought, wow, did he really just sign? I mean, he must have <laughs> signed for a boatload. <laughs> and uh, the, the thing that surprised me the most was I think the year before he said, look, you know, what am I going to do with more money, buy a bigger boat? So his reasoning is also, I mean, look, I'm yeah. not going to say what's right or wrong in this case, but his reasoning was I want to spend more time at home with the family, uh, play a little more yeah. uh, condensed schedule, which yeah. looking at the lib schedule, that didn't work out You could almost year. live in Australia half the year probably yeah. if you wanted to. If you wanted to, but funnily enough, if you look at the new schedule that's come out, <laughs> it's spread out over about 10 or 11 months. It's not in a three or four month window that they were originally talking about. Yeah, it's much easier if you live in America <laughs> to, to Very play. true, yeah. yeah. Much, much easier to do. Mm. Um, I'm with you and if I was offered the money that DJ and all these other guys, even if it wasn't that much money, mm. if I was 45 years old and Ian Poulter and I drive, already got a, a garage full of Ferraris and all, and all the rest of it, I, I don't want to go to the seniors tour if I'm those guys. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be a seniors tour player. If they offered me at that stage where you're on the wrong side of the bell curve yeah. and – Westwood, same one. So yeah. Westwood – uh, and you're on the wrong side of the bell curve, the money's just too good. Yep. You, you're not going to make that money mm. on the Champions Tour on the PGA. You're just not. So you can't blame them, mm. but it's just the wrong format. 54 holes of golf and no cut. I just don't give you world ranking points for that and I don't think it'll ever happen. No. Well, it'll, there's a process. Never happen. There's a process to go through for world ranking points. I heard a little while ago like Tiger's event in the Bahamas. They say, oh, that's a 12-man field, 15-man field, yeah. whatever it is. might be 20. I think it's 20 now, 20 yeah. 20 now, yeah. Um, they get world ranking points. Well, I think they went through a four- or five-year process to yeah. get world ranking points. So there's a thing you have to go through to get them. They want it now, which yeah. is just like, hang on, that, you know, you started your tour six months, 12 months ago. That's not going to happen. There's yeah. a process to go through here and then they say, well, there's, you know, everyone who sits on the world ranking board is PGA Tour or European Tour or whatever it is, but they're, uh, they're not going to get them anytime well, soon. Well, let's go through the checklist, right? Mm. You can be the judge and jury. Do you, should you get world ranking points if you're only playing 54 holes every week? Uh, there are 54-hole events that do come around. Yeah. There might be the odd exception. Every week? But every week, no, there's one. Yeah. Uh, shotgun start. <laughs> well, that, that really doesn't have much to do with the world ranking points, I don't think. In yeah. my own, I just don't like that format because what, what I was really going to 
hope would happen with a Live Golfer tournament is the winner ended up on the 15th hole or something like that. You know, the crowd's waiting around 18. Every event, though, it's worked out perfectly yeah, for them, but yeah. it would have been funny in that regard. So I don't think so. I think one of the beautiful things of professional golf is if you play 36 holes and you've got the wrong side of the draw. Mm, true. And you've just squeezed through on Saturday, then you get the early tea yes, time. Yes, you get the good conditions. And you get the good conditions. Mm. And now, you might have been screwed in rounds one and two, but it levels up in round three. Yeah. This is why you're not a fan of the U draw. I hate the U draw. <laughs> okay. I absolutely hate it. Now we'll have to explain the U yeah, draw we'll another, another day. Time. We've, got to, we've got to explain the U draw <laughs> another day. Um, so I hate the fact that there is a shotgun start. I think yeah. you need the early morning to play. Uh, one one in good weather, one in bad weather perhaps in an afternoon. It just, you know, it's, it's the full test. It's what we're talking about where you've got to play well in all conditions yep. over four rounds of golf to see who the champion golfer of the week is. I, I totally get the shotgun start. Though, where it feels more like the spring cup or the corporate cup or, yeah. or whatever it might be. The other thing is the no cut. I yeah. mean, 48 players, there are guys playing live, you know, who have signed up, have never made a cut on the PGA Tour and they're asking for world ranking points. Yes. How does that work? I don't know I don't how know. that works. Yeah. No. Uh, so so I'm, I'm happy with the way it sits. I don't begrudge one player for what no. they're doing. In fact, I'm really happy for them. I would, you know, if they invited me to the party to celebrate signing for 80 million, so 20 million a year, I'm going to go there and I'm going to give them the biggest hug in the world and say, well done, mate. Mm. You deserve it. Well, the other thing around that is also I'm curious to see with the no cuts, the 54 holes, how their games progress over the next two years yeah, or a couple of years. You know, are they going to grind out a 71 when they're not playing well? They're going, ah, oh, well, mm. you know, it doesn't matter. I'm going to get paid anyway. After the court case, will they be able to play on the DP World Tour? Well, that's coming up, right? That's coming up soon. Yeah. So that's. Now, I've heard, again, the DP World Tour, they, they may want to lose this court case yes. <laughs> because all of a sudden if they lose it, they're going to get all these top players That's playing exactly their right. tournaments. So yeah. there's a bit of a, an issue coming up there with their strategic alliance with the PGA Tour. Mm. I don't know how it's all going to play out. And you were talking about, you know, guys like Poulter and Garcia and Westwood before. You know, they're going, well, we've built this tour up. No, they haven't. You know, that's the mm. Sevies and the Langers and the Faldos. Sure, they've had amazing careers, been phenomenal players in the Ryder Cup and all that, but for them to come back and then try and take the cake that these up-and-coming players yeah. are now trying to uh, eat themselves, it's, it doesn't sit well with me. Okay, Tiger Woods is back in town, even if it's just for one week. Now, mm. he drives the Genesis car and it's the Genesis tournament, um, but a very, very big tournament. And, of course, this tournament coming up is a bit like last week. It's one of those agreed tournaments where all the big boys who are left on the PGA Tour have said, okay, we've got to start playing together more often. Elevated event. That's right. Yes. So big, big money. All the big names that are left on the PGA Tour and now Tiger's playing. Okay, I've got a question for you. Yeah. What, do you what do you think his odds are this week at a, at a guess? Well, his odds yeah. for bookmakers because yep. they're silly. <laughs> Probably have got him at 15 to 1 or something. No, no, much higher. But have they got him at 200 to 1? 150 to 1. Yeah, well, I think that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's yeah. about right. It's probably worth having 10 bucks on him, mate. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they, they're going to get flooded with bets, I reckon. That There might, might be a line on the whether he makes the cut as well. I've got a question for you. Mm. He starts getting real sore after round one. <laughs> Do you let him ride a cart in round two? I, I don't think he ever okay. would. I don't think he ever would. I reckon, he's, I reckon his pride would stop that from happening. He, you're spot on. He won't. But if he asked, no, would you he, let him? He won't ask. Yeah, he won't ask. He won't ask. If there's a hypothetical in there of, I think, yeah, why not? Let him go. Why not? But he will never ask because that's the 
not the ego, well, a little bit of the ego, but the pride of the man, he will just think, no, no, that's not in the spirit of the game. And it's one of the reasons he didn't go across to the other side as well. They've offered him, what, close to a billion dollars for that. But $800 million he got asked to go over to live. That's not bad, is it? And and, and I am told by a reliable source, he only had to play in four four tournaments a year. Really? So Mm. it was... $50 $50 million a tournament <laughs> he was going to get No, hang on. That's, that's more than that. That's well, it was uh, 200, 200, 200, 200 for oh, 800 million. Okay, right, right. So it was $50 million a start Ooh. for four years. But that then he right. knows his legacy is going to be yeah. destroyed as well. So yeah, he, that's, he wouldn't. And that's how, right. much, how much money is enough at the end of the day? That's one of the other things. But it's great to see him back at Riviera. He debuted there as a 16-year-old as an yeah. amateur. So Have you seen the footage of his old swing oh, when he was 16? It was brilliant. How silky. Oh, how so easily do the shoulders turn on the way back? And how skinny was he? How skinny? <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. But I reckon this is – he's thinking Masters right now. This is his prep, prep for the Masters. Yep. Maybe Bay Hill possibly, but uh, the Players' Championship, I'm not sure about that one. But he's, this is a start of his preparation for the Masters. So we'll see. What happens – what happens if he comes out and shoots 67 mm-hmm. in the first round he's one or two back? <laughs> I mean, every single sporting eye in the whole world. I mean, what he did the Masters, however long ago it was, when he came back and won that event, that was that was the biggest story on earth that week. Absolutely. After now, after that car crash and the rest, if he comes back and he's anywhere near it, anywhere near it. So I, I don't think he can actually walk 72 well, holes anymore. Well, it's a hard I don't think climb up, up the 18th uh, at Riviera yeah. too, back to the yeah. clubhouse. He, <laughs> might, he, might, he, might, he might need a cut to get up there because that's they, a steep hill. Have they got one of those ropes <laughs> that you get dragged yeah. up the clubhouse? A little, a little <laughs> elevator, right? Just stand on it and it just moves you up there. Uh, if, if he's anywhere near it, if he comes out after playing, I'm sure, just nine holes and nine holes, they'll, they'll look after him. I don't even think they'll let him play in the Pro-Am. He'll say, listen, I, I don't want to play in the Pro-Am. I'm happy to come and play, but it's a Genesis event. I'll do something else. But I'm not playing in the Pro-Am. He'll play nine holes and just go. Mm. But I, I don't think he can walk 72 holes. No, I think it's as and, simple as that. And, and how competitive he'll be, I don't know. All the other guys are going to love having him there. But I think the last couple of competitive rounds he's played has, has been in golf carts, so like the father-son. And, mm. and then he pulled out of what his hero challenge because um, of plantar fasciitis. So he's got some mm. real issues with his body going forward. And it's just great to see him back and the world is going to be a buzz too. I want to talk about Scotty Scheffler mm. very, very soon. We're going to make the turn here on Talk Birdie to me very, very soon. Uh, but before we do talk about Scotty Scheffler, tell me about your experiences on the 16th hole, the party hole at the Waste Management. Oh, yeah. 16. What is it like? You come through the tunnel. Oh, yeah. You come through the tunnel and you hear the noise. I'm sure you'll be able to hear the noise from all over the from the whole course. You can hear it on 15 already. Don't, well, the whole course. But yeah. as you walk off 15, which is a bit of an island green, the par five, you're thinking, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and you just hear the murmurs as you're walking through. And as you come out the tunnel, you just you either hear the random, oh, who's this guy? Or, you know, they start laying into you straight away. And I've played that tournament so many times. And if you do not hit a really good shot, they boo you. I've hit the green and they booed me. Hmm. Uh, I missed the green <laughs> once, which is fair enough, they booed you. Yeah, and I completely agreed. And But the problem with them was I hit a great, a really great chip, almost went in, kind of burned the edge to about three feet and they booed me because the thing didn't bloody go in. <laughs> I mean, that's a tough crowd right there. And then when I made the par part, a great up and down and they didn't really give me a clap or anything. It was just a bit of a murmur. So they are brutal. Um, and uh, we saw some fun there last week on uh, on the Saturday, actually. Yeah. Did you see the Saturday event yeah, with yeah. Ram when he made that putt? I just mean, they were, just they were begging on. to throw stuff. They yeah. were begging to throw stuff on that green and they finally did with that with that final group. What about the streaker? Streaker was one thing. Did you see the streaker's mug shot? 
No, I never did. Uh, I'll, I'll tweet. He had the some mu- pain all over him, right? Yeah, I'll or? tweet the mug shot out, oh, really? which, okay. <laughs> which is a beauty. Did you have the now, mullet? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, we're about to make the turn. Scotty Scheffler's swing. I've got mm. some thoughts on it. In fact, I've got my top five okay. coming up very, very soon. My top five for the way their swing actually looks compared to okay. their actual ability. So the ultimate. And the difference. So I've got my top five on poor swings versus unbelievable <laughs> ability. So overachievers, basically. Yeah, that is right. <laughs> All right, I'll catch you on the 10th tee. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Now, if you haven't checked out the Golf Clearance Outlet, then you, I can guarantee you this, are missing out. And if you have, well, you know what we're talking about. Great time to drop in because with all the new equipment released in January, good old Sam at the Golf Clearance Outlet is licking his lips because the stores are chock full of 2023 branded clearance product. And you know that was a hell of a year for golf equipment, Nick. You're spot on there, Mark. There's heaps of gear for righties, of course. But as you know, I am a lefty, so there's a heap of gear for lefties Mm. as well. And plenty for both men and women. And if you're after a great Prezi idea, you can get gift cards in-store or online. So if you're looking for great golf gear and great prices, the Golf Clearance Outlet needs to be in your plans to go and check it out. See the team in-store at Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth or online, golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. It's that simple, Nick. Can't wait. Hang on, hang on, Nick. I thought you were righty putting now. Oh, that's right. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. This is Talk Birdie to Me. You right to go? (laughs) Come on, let's get going. Let's get going. Uh, What are we? It's a brand new show, you see. Talk Birdie to me. I've got to remember the name. I was going to say Chasing Birdie's there, but it's not. It's Talk Birdie to me. Um, now, I want to give this top five in a tick. I'm really, I'm really keen to do okay. it. Okay. But before you do, hang on, hang on. The Phoenix event. Just got to talk a little bit about that first because I want to come back. You mentioned Scheffler, obviously. He won the golf tournament. Yeah. Went back to number one in the world, overtook Rory, who didn't yeah. play that well. Uh, Ram, by the way, I mean, how good is that guy playing? He, how he ended how up is he number three in the world? Yeah, he finished third. His last I, – I had a look earlier. His last nine starts, he hasn't finished worse than eighth and he has had four wins in that. Mm. I mean, that's insane. And he's mm. number three in the world. Yeah. He's playing some ridiculous golf. However, that's not the question of, you know, anything I want to talk to you about. I saw this and I couldn't believe it happened. Jordan Spieth on the 15th hole. That's the par five par with the five. sort of island green sort island of thing. Island green. Yeah. Okay. And I'll ask you what you would do. And it baffled me what, what he did on this hole. 305-yard drive in the fairway. He's seven shots behind. In be- the fairway. In the fairway. Right. Seven shots behind, four holes to go. He needs – and you ha- and you can do this. He needs to finish eagle, birdie, eagle, birdie. It's possible. Uh, he can do it. 17 an eagle hole, 15 an eagle hole. He's between – what I heard, hybrid and four iron. That's the yardage. Pins at the front, hybrid and four iron. Right? So in between like a, it's almost a five wood and a four yeah, iron for Yeah, something like that, yeah. And so cake. He laid up. 
Okay. No, he did not. He laid up. He did not. Hit wedge. Hit wedge second. Well, second, yeah, and then third onto the green. Wedge, wedge. Wedge, wedge. Made his five, went to the next. Are you kidding me? That's that, not Jordan Spieth. That surprised me. Now, this is a guy That's who's, an imposter oh. in Jordan Spieth's clothes. <laughs> There's no way he would so, do that. Well, th- my question was, what would have you have done in that situation, you know? I, I mean, have, I would have but, cut up my five <laughs> or I would have stepped on a four-iron and had a crack. And afterwards it was like, no, I didn't have the right yardage. I thought, not the right yardage. Not the right yardage. He's a professional golfer. Anyway, I'm, I'm cutting up Jordan a little bit here. You but can grip down. You can hit a little you can cut. You can draw the four-iron. You can put the four-iron back in your stance no, and know. slam one in there. Maybe you can just, do lots of Stuff. Maybe you just wanted that top five finish. I don't know, but it's a weird thing to watch. I couldn't believe it when it happened, and I thought, "Hang on, he's won how many majors? He's won how yeah. many tournaments? You don't play for second. So anyway, that was something that really surprised me out there. But now, get back to your yeah. Do you understand Scott Scotty Scheffler's swing? He's the world number one. Yes. You understand it. Yeah, well, takes, you explain he, that. He to takes me. it back. He takes it through. Oh, the ball mate. goes really oh. straight, and he puts the lights out. <laughs> well, yeah, look, I just can't get over it. When he does that, it's old school. When he does the rehearsal practice swing, and the clubs coming over the top, like the <laughs> shaft is getting steeper. Yeah. I'm looking there, going, "Are you practicing a steeper? You want to come down steeper, or is, is that just something that's idiosyncratic <laughs> in your practice swing that always happens?" And then he, the footwork. Yeah, well, it's, his it's foot, old school. His it's, footwork is off the charts. Well, it's, it is for the modern-day golfer. If you look at his footwork compared to Norman yeah. in, in the day, Kalkovecchia in the day, it's basically the same. The one thing that I can see that he makes sense to me is he, he's not trying to release the club through impact. Mm-hmm. He just he just It's almost like a putting stroke through yeah, impact. Rotates the chest and just everything. Just rotates yep. chest. So the club head never rotates through impact like, let's say, Rory McIlroy does. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I, it looks I like to me. I haven't slow-moed it down, but, you know. That, uh, but you're, a, you're baffled by this, aren't oh, you? I, if, if I saw Scotty Scheffler at Kingston Heath. Would he make the pennant team? If I just saw his swing. <laughs> and let's say, let's say I had never seen Scotty Scheffler before in my life. And we put a hood on everybody's head down the driving range, so I didn't know who they were, right? And everyone's down there swinging. He wouldn't get a game at my home club's pennant team. Wow. They've all got better – to my eye, they've all got better swings. I'd probably agree. I've seen the pennant team and they're very they're good. They're good. <laughs> they are very good. My top five this week. We're going to have lots of top fives and talk birdie to them. We're going to have one every single week. And my top five this week is the look – of a champion's swing, bad swings, versus their ability. <laughs> okay. All right, so there's going to be the distance between. Scotty Scheffler's my number five. Okay. I look at this guy swing the golf club, like I said, I don't see how he gets in anyone's pennant team. His ability doesn't match the swing. What he's done, but just on paper, <laughs> on paper it's very different. <laughs> he's one of masters. He's number one in the world, the whole world. Number two. Okay. Oh, there's number, excuse me, number four. Number four, second we're going on reverse. The, second on the list. Bernard Langer. Ooh, that's interesting. Two Masters, untouchable on the Champions Tour, World Golf Hall of Fame superstar. The the follow-through, I don't get. The closed yeah. club face, I don't get. The way he does a lot of things, I just don't get. I must admit his follow-through, he leans like it's going 30 you know, yeah. metres left yeah. and it's and it's three feet left. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It looks like to me like he's hitting big cuts. I've, I've played with him. I've seen, I've seen him live. 
he hits big draws. So what I see on the TV versus what he actually mm. does, <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me. So he's number four. Okay. Old school. He had the stare. Mm. One of the greats. Oh, yeah, it's got to be. Raymond Floyd. Raymond Floyd. Raymond Floyd. He's a legend. Rip it inside, slow it down at the top, somehow set it mid-backswing and then smoke it through. Yeah. Well, halfway back, his shaft was almost, you know, point, pointing way yes. behind him. A little bit ramish. It was, yes, it yeah, was. a little bit ramish Flatter. in that way. It was actually Much parallel flatter. with the ground. Yep. So I don't know how he did. This bloke, I'm not sure whether you'd know. Number his two. name is yeah, number two, Bruce Letsky. Mm. Never won a major. I don't think the world rankings were really in vogue when he was around. But there's a great story about him. I don't know whether you've heard it. He used to say he didn't practice. So he's caddy. Just to test him out, and he used to come out and just win tournaments, and you know, always up there, top ten. Brainum, mm-hmm. he said he never ever practiced, Seriously? so he's caddy to test him. At the end of the season <laughs> one year in October, his caddy put three bananas in his golf bag. <laughs> oh no! In his golf bag. And the first week of the next season, the caddy was head of the golf bag. He looked in there. The three bananas oh, were in there and they were a disgrace. How's the smell going? So he wow. never – it was proof. He never, ever practised Bruce Lesky. Wow. He's up there. Okay. And the number one's too easy. Wow. Jim, Jim Furyk. It's got to be. Yeah. Jim Furyk. I mean, yeah. how do you swing like that? Did he get the number one in the world? I reckon he, he might have for one number week. Number two, I know that at least. He shot a 59. He shot a 58 yeah. as well. He's won a US Open. Beat who? Quiz question, mid-podcast. Mid, mid Stephen Leaney. Stephen Leaney. Was it, from was it the US Open? No, it was the PGA. No, it was the US Open. Was it? Yeah, okay. US Open. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Beat Stephen Leaney. Yeah. He's Jim's the, the ultimate one. grinder though. I've played golf with him and oh, yeah? practice rounds, it's like it's a – you know, it's a year 12 exam. He's just taken every note and detail possible. Are you joking? It's unbelievable. I Him saw- and Fluff together, they are the best combo yeah. ever. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I, I've, uh, he actually looks better than it used to. When he first came out, he, he made a trip to Australia a long time ago and we were – Everyone, like the word, he played at Royal Melbourne mm. and everyone's going, you've got to go see this guy from America's Golf Swing. I'm going, all right, well, I'll go down and have a look if it's that bad. Like everybody was talking about it. I went down and had a look and I just didn't know who he was and I just couldn't believe. I thought he was one of the amateurs and he, he came on the wrong, you know, it wasn't Pro-Am Day. It was Jim Furyk. And wow. I was, I just, he was sitting there fat and yeah. disgusting. You're thinking, is this guy playing a four or five? Yeah, <laughs> it, was just, it was ridiculous. And he ended up being, you know, wow. like a human ATM. Yeah. Uh, all-time money list. I think he's number ten in there, or he's he was leading it for a while. He was leading yeah. the all-time it's money crazy. winners of all yeah. time, and but he has the worst swing I've ever seen compared to the ratio yeah. of how good you were. Ball doesn't know that though, so that's yeah. okay. Hey, <laughs> hey, you and I did the Vic Open last week. Let's talk about it while we can. Mm. Uh, Gi Shin, obviously, just remarkable on the last day. She was always going to win, wasn't she? I mean, when you look at it, even though Cassie was doing very well. Yeah, I mean, I have a real soft spot for Cassie. Her uh, her coach, she used, you know, she's caddy for me, Daniel Morrison, down here in Australia. Won my first tournament with Morrow on the bag oh, at, at Coolum. Yeah, back in '99. So uh, she's an amazing girl, but the wind just kind of, you know, it, it got her on the last day and she just needs to do a bit of development with her game. She just needs that added dimension of how to play in the wind and I hope for her sake that she really took notice of what G.A. Shin did in that last mm. round. She'll look back, you know, at the time, I know she was devastated, but she'll look back and hopefully she goes through every shot she hit, every shot G.A. hit mm. and go, right, now I know what I need to do and mm. now I know how to close tournaments because she was the, what yeah. did they say, the queen, the final round queen final was G.A. Shin and she just... Queen. She just hammered home the title. It was brilliant. Cassie's sensational first three rounds. You can actually see. And, and she gets to America, not much wind, courses all suit her. Mm. She's got a big future. 
over there in America. Yeah. I mean, she she's got can't go to Europe. Don't even bother. Just go straight to the states. Yeah, going to the Epson tour first. Yep. So uh, she shouldn't have any issue getting through and onto the LPGA tour. Hopefully, let's mm. talk about Michael Henry. And I Ooh. know we saw him interviewed at the halfway mark <laughs> when he was eighteen on the par, shot one hundred and twenty six. Please tell what. We both heard him say. It was just oh, unbelievable. That, the, the comment was very, very interesting. It was like, you're only one bad swing away from disaster. Now, for someone who's just shot 18 under and leading the <laughs> tournament, you go, shouldn't, that probably shouldn't enter your mind, I wouldn't think. And then, funnily enough, in the final round, what he birdied the first two holes, his playing partner, Justin Warren. By the way, Justin yeah. Warren, how was that for an amazing... 43-33 40, on the last day. How good a 76 was that? That, that was, was incredible. strong mental Started stuff. with a triple. So, all of a sudden, Henry's got like, what, a six-shot lead playing the third yeah. and then and hit some spectator yeah. way right of the green. And I'm thinking, well, was that the bad swing he's talking about? I don't know. But to his credit, he played beautifully all day and, and never let the other guys back into it. So uh, the, we... the one that was a real tough one for me, again, from a personal thing, was watching Elvis play the last, Elvis oh. Smiley. He hit that hosel rocket left and then the drop and everything. And Can we talk about the drop? Okay, go for it. Because... <laughs> I reckon he was bullied into the drop and I'm talking about, yeah, okay. Mike, Mike Clayton, he's big enough and old enough and strong enough to take a little bit of criticism and it might not. He might be right. We were in the commentary box. Mm -hmm. But when you've just hit a hosel rocket, a cousin Hank, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's going to cost you a lot of money and just a young bloke, and then you are asked to go back and stand on the slippery, slippery path, those, yeah, that, those stony that, paths. That worried me. And then hit another long iron when the kid is begging him, no, I just want to hit an eight iron or a nine iron mm, over the top. Yeah. I mean, one, a short iron to hit the fairway is much easier to go back and to do yeah. that. Just get some grass under the ball. Just let oh, me hit the face. <laughs> please just find, let me find the face. I reckon he was bullied into going well, back there. He ended up, what do you make, a double bogey? He made double and slipped down to about fifth or sixth position. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was a tough one. And then the other story was Hang Brian on, Ruffles. Just before, oh, yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. 61 to open. How good yeah. was that? So he was the story day one. Day one and then the story <laughs> day two. He was the story day two as well for making nine on the on the 36th hole. It was hard to watch. But he had a great attitude and, and it's good to see him back playing. Can we just say congratulations to the people running the Vic Open, mm. Golf Australia, Uh they did an unbelievable that, – that tournament now is very, very good. It's very watchable. They've done a great job with it. I know they had trouble with uh, prize money this year. I reckon they don't even worry. That's going to get back really, yep. really soon. Don't even worry about it. Yep. It was. It's a great event and it works well for that event. And the reason it works well for that event is because 10 years ago when they started it, the Vic Open had 100000 bucks to yeah. play for, something like that, and the girls didn't even have a tournament, mm. and now it is something special. Well, it's the way to go, I think, the men and women, especially here you know, in Australia for a lot of these events. We've got the TPSs and all yeah. that. Whether they play for the same purse or separate, that's up for debate, but I think having the men and women play together is awesome. Yeah, and, it makes sense. Uh, so 13th Beach, 13th Beach did a great job. Mm. Uh, course was pure. Didn't get the weather we were hoping for, so the scores were lower, obviously, yeah. but uh, it blew the last day and really tested them. Uh, just while we're talking about the men and women playing together, Golf Australia are determined to do it again in Sydney on the Australian Open, the biggest stage. Well, that's coming. So mm. I, which two courses are we looking at here? I, don't know. I think it was uh, the Australian and the Lakes maybe is what I heard. We'll get in touch. So I'll, I'll, I'll get in touch and I'll find yeah. out. Okay. I'll, I'll find out which ones they're thinking about next week. I don't think the players enjoyed the five-hour rounds. I know the players didn't enjoy the U draws. Well, it's five hours anyway, really. Yeah. <laughs> I know that. Well, there's the way. I think the waiting at the turn. I don't think they liked it. No. They want to fiddle with it. I think they need to fiddle with it because you don't want people going home 
with a bad experience yeah, in, in no, their mind. For sure. Yeah. So I think the experiment is still worth having a crack at. I think have for a the crack view- at the experiment and get it right. Yep. I think for the viewer watching, I think oh, it's awesome. It is sensational. On for course the for the players and that, there's still tweaking to be done. I think the spectators loved it. Maybe sometimes it gets a bit slow, yep. but that's just the nature of it. I think they need to tweak the cuts and how they do all that. Because yes, at the end of the day, you want the best 60 or 70 players playing that final Sunday, men and women together. Yeah, it has to happen. So mm. I'm all for the experiment. It, it was great at Victoria. I want to see it improved for Sydney. If you can improve it, I think the players mm. will like it as well. And then you've got – if you've got the players on board, then you've got everybody on board and that'll work. Totally agree. Totally agree. What's coming up? Anything good? Uh, we got some good – well, some other kind of results. We never mentioned Rain Gibson won the oh. Corn Ferry Tour event. Did he Did he hold two shots in a row in that event? Uh, no, he made two eagles. I he shot he, seven under 64, one by four shots. I think he held two shots in a row. For, he, he went, I think he went, it wasn't a pulled putt wow. oh, okay. and then a, a hold shot. Wow. I think it was two hold <laughs> shots in a row for back-to-back eagles. So Seriously. That geez. was incredible. Yeah, but that was a good win for him in Bogota, Colombia. I played there and the elevation is insane. The ball yeah. goes a mile. I felt like Bryson DeChambeau out there. How so far I was hitting it. So, <laughs> so how far – when you're in Bogota. Bogota. Where, uh, so if you hit your – what do you hit your 160 yards? We're in yards. Well, it's a 7-iron, 160 yards, 7-iron. All so of a sudden it's flying about 180, 85 So just add yards. on the first two numbers to the actual yeah, number and you get it. Two, two clubs almost. Two clubs. I played my first hole there uh, in the practice round and I hit driver. It was a par five. I played the 10th and I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to hit a three-wood. Three would, you know, because it was about yeah. 250 metres in, which for me is just, I'm never getting there. Yeah. The thing flew over the back and I thought, oh, oh, I might have yeah. to adjust here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you're wondering why, it's just because of the air pressure. It's yeah. thinner air and there's less friction. Elevation. No friction through the air and it makes it very, very simple. You've got one more thing on your list and it's an important one. Yes. Uh, Champions Tour in the US are actually playing over in Morocco. Richard Green won the Q School. I mean, yeah. you know how hard that is? That's like winning yeah. not a major but close to it. Yeah, I think he, won, the he, Champions he won every stage of it as well. <laughs> yeah. he, just, he just brained them. It was incredible. But Stephen Ames ended up winning. But Mark Hensby, Aussie, finished second. And Greeny in his first Champions Tour event finished third. So kudos to Greeny. He's got off to the perfect start. He's going to make a fortune over there. Yeah. And uh, that's all after what we've seen with Stevie Elka from New Zealand. Oh. Oh, that, yeah. that was the, to me, that was the best golf yeah. story of last year. There's a lot of rubbish stories last year in golf with Liv and everything else. But what Steve Elka did over there to win their points, whatever mm, it is, their I FedEx know. Cup, whatever it is on the Champions Tour, best story of the year. Well, he's the best over 50 player in the world. Maybe he could have even been top 50 in the world if, if Champions Tour had world rankings. But you know why they don't? 54 holes. Kerry <laughs> <laughs> Okay, every week we're doing this new thing. It's called the Masterclass. Okay, now Mark, what do we got this week? Well, we're going to try and do it so we learn from what we've seen the previous week. So you might learn from something good, you might learn from something bad. (laughs) 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 All right, but this week we're going to learn from something good. G.I. Shin, she controlled her ball better than everybody else in the last round of the Vic Open. It was, it was just really easy to see. I think Suo shot the low round of the day, 67. But in the heat of battle, when you're trying to win a tournament, G.I. Shin was just superb. You and I spoke about 
controlling the spin mm. in the commentary. And very rarely you're trying to put more spin on a golf ball. In mm. fact, it doesn't happen in the wind in, especially. So the way GI was doing it is really, really simple. You, you can hit a flat out, let's say her eight iron goes 150 yards. You can hit the flat out eight iron, it'll go 150 yards, no worries. But if you want the eight iron to go 140 yards into a stiff wind, you don't want to hit the same amount of spin on the short irons. You just don't because the wind can have its way with the board and go anywhere. So the way players control the spin is they grip down a club, they'll go down at least two inches on the grip itself, they'll do a little three-quarter shot, and if they take a divot normally, they try not to take a divot. It's very simple. And what happens then when you don't take a divot, the ball will take off at a similar height, but it'll take off with much less spin, and instead of all the friction through the air, it will just glide through the air because the ball won't be spinning and it's just a better way to control your ball in the wind. So it's very simple. Grip down, uh, three-quarter swing, and try not to take a divot. Beautiful. How easy. And every single week, I'm going to put a video on or you're going to put a video mm-hmm. on. We're going to put it on all our socials. Just look for Talk Birdie to Me. Good on you, Nico. I'll catch you next week. <laughs> Cheers, Mark. Uh, look forward to watching your masterclass. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Nice work. Great show, boys. Don't forget to subscribe to Talk Birdie to Me wherever you get your podcasts and rate and review the pod. That'd be super helpful. And the show's on all the normal socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Tinder. Maybe not Tinder, but all the other ones. Just search Talk Birdie to Me. And Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen will see you next week for another episode of golf's newest, hottest podcast, Talk Birdie to Me. Executive producer of Talk Birdie to Me is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media and sound design by Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.